When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and thanks for joining us for another Flying Solo Podcast. I'm Robert Gerrish and this episode is part of a special series called Home Truths. Make working from home really work. It's brought to you by New South Wales Small Business Month and New South Wales Government Initiative. In this five-part series, accompanied by two webinars, inspiring business owners share their tips and ideas on starting, running and growing a home-based business. New South Wales Small Business Month is a celebration of small businesses with hundreds of events across the state throughout October. It's all about giving you the practical business information and support to start, run or grow your business. To find out more, just head to businessmonth.nsw.gov.au. Now, today's guest in this series joins me from the New South Wales Central Coast Her name is Kate Toon. She's an author, a community maven, an event designer, a trainer, presenter, a mother, a partner. And I'm lucky enough to count her as one of my good mates. Hello, Kate. Hello, Robert. How are you? (laughs) I'm really well. So I know we're, um, we're talking to you and you're in your Toon cave. And we'll come back later to that and, and explain what that is, if that's okay. Yes. But look, to, to start us, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take us back in time, right? Come with me now as we go back in time. <laughs> so <laughs> to, the, to the stage in your career when you were working in the land of the tall buildings, you're working in the city, and you decided at some point that, nope, I've had enough of this. I'm going to start my own business. So if you can cast your mind back to that, what, what was it that finally kind of made you make the leap? So you, you're going to want some kind of lofty thing here, but the truth is I got up the duff. I got pregnant. <laughs> and <laughs> I, was, uh, I was working as a contractor in a big ad agency, and I had wanted to leave for a long time. I wasn't enjoying it anymore, but I wasn't brave enough to make the leap, to be honest. And then I found myself with child. And obviously, because I wasn't a full-time employee, there was going to be no maternity leave, no money. Um, and I didn't want to keep working in advertising when I had a small baby. So I gave up at five months pregnant so, and started my own business. So I guess the thing that made me take the leap finally was necessity, uh, mm. not some great lofty purpose, unfortunately. No, okay. But to what extent was there a plan or was it, was it very much, okay, I'm going to leave and I'll kind of figure this out as I go? It was definitely figure it out as we go. As I go, I set up a very basic website called, I came up with a really good business name, which was katetoon.com. Uh, <laughs> and 
I thought that that would give me scope to do pretty much anything. So I was doing a bit of web design, a bit of copy, a bit of project management, just anything to make a buck, to be honest. And I had no plan, no business plan, no goals, no targets, nothing. Hmm. It was just my, my only goal was really to try and replace my income as, as quickly as possible. Okay, well, look, there's a couple of couple of things there. So, as we both know, that what you're describing there, to some extent, is uh, we might call it a, a somewhat accidental business. Maybe not accidental, but not one that's got a truckload of, uh, of planning and organisation in it. If you wound the clock back, would you have done that any differently, or or did you, in fact, did you quite enjoy the process of of learning in that way? I think it it just doesn't suit my nature to sort of sit back and make plans and think about things and and take time and be organized. I am much more of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. So no, I wouldn't have done any, anything differently because every little mistake and windy road that I took has led to where I've been today. And I still don't make plans. I'm 10 years in now, still don't have a plan, still don't have a business plan or goals or anything. It's just not who I am. So and I think that's really important, understanding who you are as a business owner. We're not all the same. We don't, you know, we don't all function in the same way. And there's lots of different ways to be successful and have a good business. You don't have to follow a certain path. Yeah, look, that, uh, that's interesting. And I can imagine some of our dear friends at uh, New South Wales government rolling <laughs> their eyes. <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. But, I, you know, the way you describe things, you're a very creative person. And you know, this is the way so many businesses operate. But when you've, how do you or how have you um, kind of taken on learning, professional development when you've needed to? What sort of, what have you done? You know, you must get to a point where you think, mm, I don't actually know what I'm doing here. How have you, how do you get professional development sort of in your daily life? Well, um, I think I was running on all the intelligence that I gained from working in advertising for such a long time for a good three or four years, you know, just using that. But then over time, I found, you know, I learned the thing when I need the thing. So someone wants a press release, I've never written one, I might do a little mini course, or read a book or read some articles, and then go from there. And more recently, I'm really enjoying heading to events. So I recently went to the Flying Solo event, which was great. And, um, you know, little networking events where maybe you see one or two presentations that really click with you and you maybe go down the rabbit hole of those. And, yeah, I'm finding events and conferences a really great way to improve my knowledge these days. Yeah, okay. And, you know, when you, when you started out, you were uh, very much kind of fee-for-service. You know, you sold your hours, Right. Yes. And that was the, the the way you had been working for a good period up until then when you were, as you say, a freelancer within the agency world. Do you remember the because I know you've shifted a great deal in the last few years and it's been fantastic and fascinating to watch what you've done. How at what point did you go, mm, I need to do this differently? What was that what precipitated that? Do you recall? Well, I only have a finite amount of hours. I mean, even now, I still only have about 30 hours a week to work. It's obviously increased as my son's gone to school. But, you know, 30 hours, even at a really good hourly rate, it's never going to set the world on fire. There's only so much you can charge as a, as a copywriter, unfortunately. Um, and also, I found that I was doing a lot of repetitive tasks as well, um, and, you know, and and. and passing on knowledge one-to-one -one when I could have passed it on one-to-many. So, you know, running, like doing an audit for somebody for SEO, for example, and taking them through it one-on-one. -on -one. And it's like, well, I could do this for 30 people, or I could turn it into a video or a course or a template. So there was a bit of a transition about six years ago when I was still 
copywriting for money, but also trying to build up these two other businesses, the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success and build templates and courses and things. And it was very, very hard. But now I'm kind of sort of reaping the rewards of all that hard work because it's passive income. It's not passive at all, but it's kind of yeah okay well I, I love that the way you put that there that sort of that um you know it sounds like that light bulb went off to go hang on i'm doing this for one person i could be doing this for 10 people mm. and you know people obviously a number of people listening might be might be thinking that also but as you kind of touched on there it's no mean feat. it's not an easy process is it so you've clearly got a, a good deal of sort of discipline and structure in your day how tell us talk to us a little bit about that how do you take on you know here you are you have this idea done it to one person want to do it to many how do you create the time in the space to do that i mean i think i have although i say i'm not a planner and 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 i'm kind of haphazard i'm not really i am a project manager that's my background i'm a producer so i'm very good at managing timelines budget and my own time creating to-do lists breaking things down into micro tasks really focusing on my billable hours and my productivity so you know little I, you know i i try and do micro tasks i'm not good at working for long periods so i use the pomodoro method where you work for 25 minutes and then take a 5 minute break and i literally break my day into 25 minute chunks and maybe you know this task will be assigned two pomodoro sessions this one maybe three but maybe not all in a row maybe i'll do some come back to it um, and i like to flip from left brain to right brain. I can't be creative all day. So then I might flip to left brain and do something like coding or reconciliation. And I give my brain rest by doing that. And then I come back to creativity. But I think in terms of finding the time to make these extra things, it did have to come at the cost of some family stuff, some weekends, some late nights, um, because I had to keep my client work up. So there was a cost, but it's not forever you know, um, and you just, I, all the things I built, I built over many years. It looks like I do a lot now, but it's been built up over a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, and look, it's uh, anybody that puts Kate Toon into Google will certainly come away thinking that my goodness, this, this woman must have split herself into 10 parts. <laughs> um, but as you say, it's, you know, it's stuff that you've done. You're, you know, you've always got these sort of projects that you're working on and hearing there about your skills as a project manager. I mean, such important skills, aren't they, to have mm-hmm. as a small business operator. You know, do you, what, what other, I know you will come on to your community in a, in a moment if we can, but what do you observe? You work with a lot of other people, a lot of other creatives, a lot of other writers and producers of content and, and other things. What do you observe as some of the, the sort of constant challenges that, um, you know, that they're coming up with? I think I think one of the biggest challenges that all small business owners face is really not getting to grips with their money, not being clear on how much money they're making and how much of that money is their own and how much is profit and putting aside money for tax and GST and expenses and you know not being able to say right now exactly how much money they have actually earned and how much of every dollar is their own. And I think that gets people into a lot of trouble. It certainly did me. So I think financial challenges and having this whole feast and famine of being, what's the next job? And I hope the phone rings. I think that's very stressful. And I think the biggest challenge that most people face is the marketing, having to get yourself out there. You know, we're told that we need to be the face of our brands and we need to be on Facebook and Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And it just, we have to be everywhere doing all the things for all the people. And I think people feel very overwhelmed by that and therefore they do nothing at all. So I think finance and marketing. 
This is probably a good point to remind listeners that this series is brought to you by New South Wales Small Business Month, a New South Wales government initiative. It's part of a month-long celebration of small businesses with hundreds of events across New South Wales throughout October to help you start, run and grow your business. To find out more, just head to businessmonth.nsw.gov.au. Okay, well, look, you touched on you know, a number of points there. And very interesting for someone who uh, clearly, you know, you are a very creative person. Uh, and often creatives and money management don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, but for you, is it something, would you say, you know, you mentioned there that a while back it was an issue for you or a little challenge mm-hmm. at some point. Again, how did you how did you master that, and or is it still a work in progress? Well, I think it's you need to know what your strengths are, and I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a numbers person. I'm a words person, so you know, hiring an accountant, getting some good software. I should have done that from day one, and that would be my one piece of advice to anybody. Even if you're only earning fifty dollars a week, get an accountant because it, understanding all the laws around that it's not something I'm interested in or want to learn. So, getting an accountant, getting financial software, and then I've implemented something called Profit First, which I'm sure you've probably heard of, where you, it's an envelope system and you put money aside um, and I've, I, I saw expert advice on that because I think as business owners we have to wear many hats but not all the hats fit and for me the financial hat doesn't fit so I've got experts to help me who tell me what to do and I just do as I'm told and that makes it a no-brainer. <laughs> uh, that's great and look, and, uh, look I can't um, I, I must mention this you've also be, your unique style your unique way of working is something you put in a book and it would be just ridiculous of me not to mention it. So just tell me, tell our listeners the title of your book. It's called Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, How to Succeed in Business Despite Yourself. Yeah. And look, and it's a, it's, to anyone listening, it is a great book. It, it, to anybody who's listening to Kate thinking, hmm, I've got a bit of Kate's gene in me or, you know, just have a, Grab a copy of her book because it's seriously, it, it's, it is very good in it. It's, it's, it's almost like your autobiography, isn't it? It's a, it's yeah. a classic. And it's quite funny. It's not a serious, it's, oh, it's it, there's some serious funny. advice in there, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, wrapped in a funny bubble. Yeah. Funny bubble? Obviously not as funny as my book, but I mean, it's, no, it's, uh, no, no, no of course not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, so let's look at another couple of things there. So um, where I'd like to look, where I'd like to go to next is, is this sense of community. Now, uh, there's, well, there's actually two two aspects I'd like to look at. You certainly are not someone who holds back when it comes to seeking outside support. You know, you mentioned that with your accountant there, with software as well. So you know you know where to go for it. You know what you're looking for, and you don't hesitate with it. Do you find? I mean, as we both know. A number of businesses struggle with this, with delegating. What? What? If you if you're um, Ask a question, Robert. Ask a question, Robert. I'm about to. <laughs> if you're confronted by somebody and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, why doesn't this person delegate?" What? What do you? Where do you go? How do you get them to make that step? I think it's really just taking time to 
one thing I advise people to do is track their time for a couple of days and see what kind of tasks they're doing. And you'll find that you're doing an awful lot of repetitive tasks. Uh, and those are the tasks that you can immediately outsource. You'll also find there's some tasks that you put off and put off and put off. And those are the ones that really maybe you should be thinking about giving to somebody else, especially if they're finance related. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I have a small team now. You know, I am still a solopreneur. I have uh, subcontractors and people who work for me who have their own businesses. Um, but, you know, and I just do a task. I record myself doing the task using something like Loom, which is a screen capture. You know, I'm still doing the job, but I've recorded it. Then someone else can watch that video and they can do it. And yes, it takes a little bit of time to get them up and going, but then I never have to do that thing ever again. Um, and you start off small as well. Like I started mm. off with a VA, I think for one hour a week. And now I have a VA for about 30 hours a week. So, you know, that didn't happen overnight. You build up trust and they can take on more and more. And my VA is way smarter than me. Little shout out to Leanne Woff in Melbourne. She's awesome. Uh, but yeah, she's way smarter than me and brings a lot to my business. Actually, you know, beyond just helping. She brings a lot of intellect and ideas and creativity. So uh, it's really How brilliant helpful. is that? So that's yeah. a virtual assistant for anybody who doesn't know. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, and again, aren't we lucky in our small businesses that we can do that. You know, there are so many of us working by ourselves all over the country, not just across New South Wales, everywhere. Um, and people that have that have got skills that are the very thing that you need in your business. Such a great way to work. Let's look at um, connection now. Now, you've built around your business, you know, a large community of other creatives, particularly of writers. How do you stay connected? How do you stay in touch? Well, right from the very start, when I started my business, you know, I looked, there were so many other copywriters out there and, you know, it's quite intimidating, but I realized that they were the people I could learn the most from. So right from the beginning, I started reaching out to other people and I've set up communities and way back then it was on Google, but now at Facebook groups, I set up little groups and I invite people who I think are going to be fun and helpful and can help each other. Um, I have a very rich online life. It's, you know, I, I know a lot of people. I like connecting people. I like to call myself a bit of a business pimp, like connecting people with each other. Um, and it's, it's really great fun. And then those connections lead into real life. You know, uh, you, you, the, I host a lot of events, but I go to a lot of events and the same people are turning up again and again. And the community just builds and it's, it's glorious. It's, mm. it, it makes you not feel so alone, you know, in your little office on your own. Yeah, well, uh, that's such a good point. And again, we, anyone who's kind of starts to look under the trunk of your business will will quickly come across those communities. And I've, I've, I know people who are members of those and they speak very highly of them because you're in there. It's not like you're in there all the time, but you're in there and you're, you know, you're stirring discussion, you're answering questions, you're asking questions, you know, such, such a great thing. And again, we can all do that. A community doesn't need to be more than a handful of people, does it, for it to be valuable? No. I've got some, I've got, I've got a 6,000 person community, um, which is free. And then I've got some paid ones where people pay a monthly subscription. And then I've got ones where it's just like me and three business peers, where mm. we can just have a little chat every couple of weeks about what we're struggling with. It's almost, you would call it a mastermind. I think that's the official term, mm. but really it's just a couple of mates. It's a virtual coffee meetup. Um, yeah. And they all serve different purposes. And, uh, you know, I honestly couldn't run my business without them. They're amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right. Well, now you mentioned another little thing there, which is the final point I'd like to have a look at, which is your office, your workspace, <laughs> what I refer to, what you refer to uh, as the Toon Cave. 
So what is it, where is it, and why does it exist? Well, I'll start with the last one first, because I used to share an office with my husband, and it got to the point where I was like, why are you breathing so loudly? Like, we were that annoyed with each other. Stop shuffling paper. Um, so I decided stop thinking. to build, Stop thinking so loud. Um, I decided to build a little hut in my back garden. So I got something, it's like a little wooden hut. I, I got a professional to build it, but it's great. I put, I put laminate flooring down. I've got electrics. I've got an air conditioner. It's beautiful space. So I commute across my back garden. It's really arduous commute, but it's, it's completely mine. And it does feel separate to the house because I think often when you work at home, it's so tempting to go and put the washing on or, and I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm at work um, uh, and I love it. I've had it now for about three or four years and it really is my happy place but also it means at the weekend I can shut the door of the tomb cave and I'm off I'm free and family time and that's really good as well so just those boundaries really help yeah that's a that's a great thing um, I have to ask what about poor old hubby is his little nose pressed up against the window in the house wondering where his friend's he, gone he's got a whole big office to himself now he can play loud music and do whatever he does in there I don't want to know I shut the door on him <laughs> He can breathe as much as he wants. He's breathing loudly probably now. I can probably still hear him. <laughs> okay. No, I love that. And, and again, we can see pictures of that on your website, um, that you've created this, you know, bespoke office, you know, lovely office. It's got everything in it that you want. Um, and it's just so supportive, isn't it? Do you take, do you move around much with your work? Um, these days I, I'm, uh, I'm off speaking at events a lot more and running events and going to conferences. Um, I try and do, you know, maybe just a couple a month because obviously they're very draining. Um, you know, like, like you get worn out, you know what it's like going to conferences, a lot of humaning. So it's really lovely to be able to retreat back to my little tomb cave because I'm kind of an ambivert. I like socializing, but I like to stop socializing. Hmm. And the tomb cave for me was also a real moment because it was about six or seven years into my business. And it was a real statement of, this is going to work. This isn't going to die next week. It's not, I'm not lurching from thing to thing. It's a real investment in me and my business. And I'm very proud of it. You know, it's kind of a, it's a visible symbol of my business success without wanting to sound like an idiot. It feels hmm. good, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. And when, you, when you're there in the house looking out the window, there's, there's your HQ winking yeah, back HQ. at you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, look, uh, there's a word that you use there and it was a great word. So I'd like to say, Kate Toon, thank you for humaning uh, with, <laughs> <laughs> with me and with the Flying Solo community today. And, um, you know, hey, back to work. Yeah, I've got lots to do. I'm a busy woman. Busy woman. Okay. Katetoon.com place to go, isn't it? That's the one. Thank you. Bye. Before we leave you, thanks so much for joining us in this episode of the special five-part Home Truths series brought to you by New South Wales Small Business Month, a New South Wales government initiative. To listen to the other episodes and catch our webinars, head to flyingsolo.com.au forward slash small business month. New South Wales Small Business Month is a celebration of small businesses with hundreds of events across New South Wales throughout October. It's all about giving you the practical business information and support to start, run or grow your business. To find out more, just head to businessmonth.nsw.gov.au. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. 
If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything you know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.